Hi, welcome to episode 83 of Respawning Fire, the Kick-Ass Reverend Gaming Podcast with myself, Holden DePardo, and my good friend here, Chad Michaelinis. We have an awesome show for you, all about video games and all the stuff about video games. It's going to be great. But specifically this time, video games and politics. This sounds like a PBS special already. (laughs) Can't fucking wait. I'm just lame like that. I'm an old man. I read the newspapers. Like, are you surprised about that? (laughs) Because election I also day is coming sure. up. I, I thought your... about, uh, listen to me talk. Oh, I, th- <laughs> I wear the pants on this podcast. <laughs> I thought about... Laugh ev- of acknowledgement. Every single episode of this show, I cannot, for some reason, just say my name like a normal person. I feel like, Chad Michael Ennis or Chad Michael Ennis or Miguel, whatever the fuck I say. And then today I was like, oh, it's politics and election day and Holden's leading. I'm going to say my name like a normal ass adult. And I did. <laughs> And, and that was it. weird because you've it never done it before. It was so weird. I think we should hire like the SNL like person, like Chad Michael Linus, Nassim Pedra. <laughs> My roommate and I do that. All, well, we'll just shout SNL cast members like that back and forth at each other. Speaking Jay of SNL, Farrow. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time listening to this podcast, <laughs> so by the time you start listening to this podcast, election day basically already happened, or it is if you listen to day one. This releasing, then it is Seth Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to celebrate that by talking about politics and video games, the kind of current events in video games, and whether or not you know uh, video game companies should be combining those two things. But before that, we're going to be talking about the Smash Direct. Oh yeah, the big news there, Diablo Immortal, and all just the lovely, oh yeah, happy you know warm feelings everyone has towards that game. <laughs> warm because of the Hellfire. That. <laughs> but I want to start off talking about the Rift S. Ooh, man, we are talking about your company's products a lot recently. Yeah, we are. So again, to acknowledge, I am a brand ambassador for Oculus, but these opinions are my own and not informed by Facebook in any way. Matter Ooh. of fact, I don't like Facebook, so how about that? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck my employer. I like Oculus, That's but I really don't said. like Facebook. I'm never on it. Um so yeah, so there's been a lot of talk of like, did they cancel the the, the Rift Two or not? And basically, it's yes, they did, but they're gonna kind of do a little bit of an update to the Rift headset. Is is what the rumor is saying? They're gonna get rid of the external sensors and have it have built-in sensors, um, just like the Quest does, and <clears throat> I guess a higher resolution screen as well. Very kind of modest update, nothing too huge. I think this is what we both kind of assumed this was going to be based on the last rumors that they were getting rid of it. Exactly, yeah. So I'm not terribly surprised about this, but I just feel like it's kind of unnecessary. Like, why not just plug in the Quest into the PC and just have that be your... Like, if you're going to have the inside-out tracking in the Rift S or whatever it's going to be called, why bother also making that in addition to the Quest? I don't know, it just seems like they, they just kind of could you be mean the same like, product. You mean like whenever it's plugged in, it disables the mobile processor and the headset and instead defaults to the computer? Or even like uses them in conjunction with each other. Like all the tracking is handled by the mobile processor. That way the PC can be just the game or something like that. How are they going to get you to buy both then? They just don't. They just have more people buying the expensive uh, one. No, see, that's the trick. That's the trick. They got to get mm. you to buy both. By the way, fun fact that I learned recently from an, uh, um, an interview with Johnny Ive... Mm-hmm. I interviewed Johnny. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I read an interview. <laughs> I sit at a Holiday Inn Express last night. 
I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> what? If you don't remember those commercials? No, not at all. Really? No. Is there a doctor? Like someone's dying on a plane. Oh my god, is there a doctor on board? And a guy goes, I'm not a doctor, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. It's like, okay. the idea was that it made you smarter for some reason, or better, because you stayed at a Holiday just, Inn Express. Yeah. That's it's dumb. like a 12-year-old commercial. But I'm not surprised. That's how advertisements are. Anyway, the question was... About why the iPhone is named 10R. Like, why R? What is that? Stand oh, for? I heard about this. Yeah. And he just said, you know, when you think about fancy sports cars, you know, they're always like R or S. And that's why we name our products that way. I was like, oh, okay. It doesn't stand yeah. for anything. Everyone always thought like 5C and meant R be- color. is the letter just before S. Or is, it is before S. <laughs> it is before S. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Just how it came out right before the iPhone XS did. No, no, no. Wait. Exactly. QRSTUV. Okay. Next time, won't you sing with me? No, but I think, no, literally, like, that's, I think that's what it comes down to. It's just, it's just before the S. It's not quite as good. It's just before it. Anyway. But that wasn't the thing. It was just like, hey, it's a cool, it's a cool thing that sports cars do, so. It's a cool name. Um, Let's say sports cars are porn stars. I feel like I said sports cars, but also my mouth might have said porn stars. I wasn't paying close enough attention, but Typical. knowing you, probably sports cars. You're a big car person. <laughs> porn star. Hi, my name is Ron Jeremy R. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Okay, so um, anyway, back to Oculus. They, they kind of just dismissed it. We don't comment, remember speculation, yada, yada, yada. But anyway, I think a more interesting story is that the Oculus co-founder, Palmer Lucky, uh, on a blog post, basically said that people don't keep using VR because the tech isn't where it needs to be. And you can make this free and people still wouldn't buy it because the tech isn't there yet. Interesting. And you're, so, so you play a lot more VR than I do. So I'm actually more curious what your thoughts on that are. Yeah, I think, I think it's like putting on a headset is an ordeal. Whether it's wireless, wired, connected to something, whatever you have to fucking do, whether it's a PC, PlayStation 4, or standalone, it doesn't matter. Putting on a headset and sitting in your living room is still an ordeal. You're removing yourself from the social aspect of everything. Mm-hmm. And it's something that does, like, physically take a toll on you. Like, you get tired playing VR, whether you're sitting still or Absolutely, moving. Absolutely, yeah. And it also kind of has to do with, like, you know that's not going to be your long-term preferred form of entertainment every single day like you might watch tv or play movies or play video games every single day you just gotta you gotta understand that vr is very much a niche thing right now and yeah i play it a lot whenever something cool comes out and then it might sit on my shelf for a month and then i play something cool for a couple hours and then i sit on my shelf for a few more weeks yeah i think it's i think you're right it's kind of more what it is that every person i've seen because i see a lot of people doing vr as a brand ambassador i just i just show people you know what vr experiences are like i mean that's that's what i do so I see a lot of people use it, and they all really like the tech and the experience. Like, no one – I mean, everyone kind of acknowledges, like, the screen door effect. But basically, everyone I've seen is able to look past it. Yeah. It's, it's not like – it's not. it doesn't interfere with the experience um, in any way, I don't think. It can obviously get better, though. Um, but it's, it's the experiences. Like, there's just – it's too few and far between. And even – I think it was – who was it? Um, we were talking about this, like, a few weeks ago, saying that – who was it? There was someone important in VR talking about how all these companies are – working on vr like all the big companies all the big third parties are working on oh, VR yeah, stuff they're just not ready about to rockstar show it off. yeah it was about rockstar yeah but they attributed it though to 
most of the big third-party companies. And once they start getting into it and there's a regular cadence to it, I think yeah. even where the technology is right now, it's going to it's going to be a lot better and the adoption will kind of go from there. It's that like what's going to happen first, the the consumers coming or the game support, they kind of both have to be at a certain level to get each right. other to yeah. One thing I don't think will change though for a while is like the average length of a play session in VR. Yeah. Like yeah. even even when I first got it and we like I played Resident Evil 7 as I talked about on the podcast, I could only play in 2 hour chunks at a time. Mm-hmm. Not because I like got sick, but it's just like it's physically tiring and like even astrobot so that i played i know they gave me so but sick. uh astrobot recently i freaking loved it but i could only play in 90 minute two hour chunks at a time yeah that's why i kind of wonder how often people play like a fault like fallout 4 or skyrim in vr yeah and those are massive i mean yeah you can do like a mission then get out and you're probably only playing for about an hour at that point but those games you don't usually play for just an hour that's one thing i'm kind of like I forgot to mention this last week. I'm definitely getting this in December. Borderlands 2 coming to PlayStation VR. Another game that you're going to spend a lot more time in than you normally would. That's Yeah, that's I'm very, very excited to play that game in VR, and I think it's perfect for VR. <clears throat> but also, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to... I'm going to make small dents in that game at a time. Oh, man, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> oh, man, it was like a, a hiccup mixed with a burp mixed with... I just farted as well. Oh, just thinking about voting. I am single. Did you know? Because I hiccup, burped, threw up in my mouth, and farted all within 10 seconds. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember what the fuck one was saying, but I think you guys get the point. Yeah, I think we can move on. I want to talk about this Diablo Immortal thing. I think this is... Uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, just another example of something important in the industry that's worth discussing. Not... Yeah. We'll talk about what's important. We'll get there. So... Um, can we mention the other BlizzCon stuff real quick, just right off the bat? Yeah, yeah, you can go for it, yeah. So BlizzCon was this past few days, and there was a lot of announcements made. One of them was World of Warcraft Classic, which lets you go back and play the game as it was 10 years ago. And I then, love how they commented this, that, uh, but the good version, not like the launch version. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that, that clarification. There's uh, World of Warcraft 3. Getting remastered, reforged is what they're calling it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not a remaster, but um, maybe a remake. I can't. I don't remember. Um, but I'm liking that trend. And based on job postings from a couple years ago, we might also be seeing something like that for Diablo 2, which is one of my favorite games as well. But then they got into this Diablo um, Immortal. Immortal. Um, clearly this has a huge, you know, uh, you're very excited about this game. You just forgot the name. I actually am pretty excited about it. Okay. I was, I was going to ask because you are a Diablo fan. Yeah. I am too. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to all that stuff. So no, you're not, you've never played a Diablo No, game. I think it looks kind of cool. Um, cause it does look like, <laughs> I, I'm interested in Oh, Diablo. you are excited about it. I thought you said, you said you're a huge Diablo fan. I was like, I am. And you're like, I am too. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. The delay caught that now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so basically what happened is there's been a lot of hype just building up for Diablo 4. It's been a long time since Diablo 3 came out. People are anticipating Diablo 4, and they had a Diablo conference they were going to have at BlizzCon, which got everyone super excited. Yeah. They got their most passionate, most hardcore-based fans into a room to see the launch of a mobile game, <laughs> which is an odd marketing move, but people are really, really upset about the lack of a Diablo 4 and only seeing this mobile game. And I think it's a little extreme, some of the stuff. Some like kind of the... Oh, uh, I think it's very extreme. It's very extreme. Um, I do think there's some 
things that could be clarified more. So like, there's a lot of comments about there's a lot of like downvotes on YouTube videos. Like people are like commenting a lot, but there's like the, all these claims that Blizzard is going in and deleting comments that like aren't favorable let me just this is what i know i went to look at these comments and this is just stood out to me immediately is i'd see strings of comments from like the same person saying eighth eighth time posting blizzard deleted this again like these and they would say the term blizzard is you know it's pretty common um phrasing here so at least we know that they're educated yeah very educated uh people and um is this the same thing? So, like, eighth time this is posted. And then you look up higher to be like, twelfth time I've posted this, and Blizzard deleted it again. And then you see the other one says, fourteenth time I've deleted, uh, Blizzard deleted this. And I'm like... We're reading all th- of them as you post them. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh, I don't think that they're deleting them if I can see your eighth, your twelfth, your fourteenth iteration <laughs> of them. So I don't really... I don't know how... I don't think that they're deleting comments. I think that's ridiculous. I think there's so many comments that people are just losing track of them. Yeah. Is more likely what's happening. Um... So I just wanted to kind of clear that up because I noticed that off the bat. But in terms of what happened, what are your thoughts on? So the fact that it was a mobile game, granted, a pretty cool looking polished MMO for mobile, which looks cool, depending on, you know, like pricing, if it's free to play or if it has like microtransactions or if it's like a fixed cost, I could be into playing this. But it does look like a watered down Diablo 3, all the same heroes. But of course it is. But you have this MMO... Uh, aspect to it, which is cool. You have the ability to go like into a dungeon, but as you enter the dungeon, it's like, do you want to find people to join you in this dungeon with matchmaking? I'm like, yeah, that's fucking cool. But I do think that at BlizzCon, yeah, you do have your most hardcore gamers there, and with mm-hmm. the announcement that they had made weeks ago, saying we have uh, multiple Diablo three things in the work or Diablo related games in the works, and we're excited to share them with you when they're ready. Mm-hmm. And then having a Diablo conference and only showing this. Yeah, I get people's frustration and anger. But it's nowhere near worth, like, the jerk who asked the question, who right after they reveal it at that conference, he go, they had oh, a Q&A. Yeah. And the guy who walks up and says, uh, hey, yeah, so was this, like, a really delayed April Fool's joke? Yeah, that and was the, really like, dumb. That What a fucking dick move. All these people yeah. that are working really hard on this thing to show you for the first time, their new game in a franchise they know you love, and you're just, like, so ungrateful and a piece of shit about it. Yeah, I mean, go online, post a YouTube comment, because that's where the cesspool (laughs) of humanity lives. But, I mean, (laughs) at their conference, on stage, that's a dick move. Yeah, it's it's a huge dick move. Um, I heard a really good point, and actually, I'd heard this point in the YouTube comments, um, and that was that they're releasing this game to build interest in Diablo, and people who don't normally play Diablo... That way, when Diablo 4 comes out, there's going to be more shared experiences between yep. you and your friends because they kind of have that mobile tie-in already. And this makes sense to release it like this. I do think they should have showed off and said, like, hey, we are working on Diablo 4. I think there should have been, like, a something. Like like in um, the Nintendo uh, E3 event, they said, hey, we're making Metroid and Pokemon. <laughs> and then they showed nothing. Yeah, like, nothing else. Just be like, hey. Or just a man sketching on a piece of paper. Hi. Yeah, Pokemon's coming. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> I think that was warranted just because they're announcing a mobile game at their most hardcore. Just as be like, hey guys, we're also working on this. Don't worry. Right. Um, and it sounds like they were going to do that from a report from Jason Trier at Kotaku. And for some reason, they, I guess they decided not to because they just feel like they weren't ready to. 
But if it's, like, what do you mean you're not ready to? You know you're going to release Diablo 4 at some point. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they should have just said, hey, we're working on it. Don't worry. At least just saying that. No promises or anything like that. Well, from from what that Kotaku article uh, said, it yeah. had undergone a lot of changes in the last four years while they've been developing it. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Blizzard has started a ton of projects in the past that they just straight up don't finish. I think Diablo is a huge enough franchise that I think it's pretty much guaranteed we're going to get Diablo 4. But I can understand. The point is, like, yeah, it would have been a nice gesture to say Diablo 4 is there, but they weren't ready to show anything. And I'd rather them not show anything than to show something that looks like shit or... But they didn't have to show anything. They just could have said, hey, we are still working on Diablo 4 coming when it's ready. Like, they could have just done that. Well, they said that as much in in that... I, I know. They didn't say the number four, but they said everything else in that sentence weeks ago. I know it was weeks ago, and but people forget things, and you just gotta remind them in that moment. It's I, I, as much as like I'm not, I'm not saying this to defend the fans who are upset. I'm not at all. Like you, it's really kind of dumb to be upset about this. They're obviously making Diablo four. Like before, if you get the gut reaction of being upset, just just look on online really quick. (laughs) Just (laughs) and just find out because the information is out there. but at the same time, I do think Blizzard could have handled it better. Yeah. All yeah. in all, you've got your most hardcore fans there who purchased a ticket to come to BlizzCon. They fucking love Diablo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you could have handed them that little bone. But for people who are pissed that this is what they saw, like, where the fuck else? This is their conference for the year. Where else yeah. are they going to def- like debut this big mobile experience that they're banking on? Like, of course, you're going to see that there if they have it. Yeah. I'd actually think that would have been a really cool thing to show off at the iPad event. Hmm. That would have been cool. Right? That would have been the perfect place to show it off. Yeah. Yeah. And they have the stature to totally go to Apple and be like, hey, we want to show off Diablo at your uh, event. But instead, NBA 2K showed off their game. So. Why not, do, why not both? Well, I'm sure NBA 2K sells a lot more. <laughs> I'm sure, but why not both? They can have multiple demos. I guess they had to show Photoshop as well, and that's... That's really what's going to sell that iPad anyway. Exactly, so. that's true. Not but we're not an models. iPad podcast. We're a podcast about talking about people who make mountains out of molehills. Speaking of that, we're going to talk about this whole Gabe Newell and Kojima visit, which isn't really oh a my big God. thing. Did you see this? <laughs> yeah. This is really funny. I don't think Actually, this is serious. I saw this picture from a while ago, maybe like a week ago or something like that. Yeah. Wario64 tweeted it, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, a funny joke, Wario64, but I guess... So many people are reading into this picture. <laughs> yeah. So the picture is, it's, it's Gabe Newell and Kojima kind of just posing for a photo. Gabe Newell has the peace sign showing. Kojima has thumbs up, which that's three fingers. <laughs> three fingers. And then Kojima shared three photos. And in November's the 20th anniversary of Half-Life. So clearly Half-Life 3, obviously. Oh, my God. Do you know what would definitely make this true? What's that? If after a set amount of time, based on the elements in this picture, half of it disappeared. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Well, you don't know. This right. is Kojima we're talking about. That's right. We'll go to this picture and like, oh, you know. We're already playing the game. What if Death Stranding is Half-Life 3? That would be the craziest thing ever. What if, though? <laughs> I mean, if anyone was going to fucking do it. You know, they introduced Metal Gear Solid Five as just the Phantom Pain, and they made up a studio, and they showed you a trailer. 
And how do they do the Silent Hills? They made this thing called PT, but no one know, knew what it was. And then suddenly you found out it was actually Silent Hills. They've uh, done this two times. Video. If anyone was going to... This that holy would be, shit, Holden, what if Death Stranding is Half-Life 3? You heard it here, What here, if folks. Mads Mikkelsen is Gordon Freeman? Oh my god. I don't think this is true, but it's fun to speculate. I am going to evangelize that all over the internet now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't get tons of traction. We should. We should talk about this a lot online and see if it gets picked up in like news articles and stuff. <laughs> New theory, Half Life Three. Um, I want. He he keeps saying you're already playing the game, or the game is already like the game's already out. It's already being played, and everyone's like, "What the fuck does that mean?" Well, Half Life Two Chapter Two was supposed to conclude with Chapter Three, which means people have already been playing part of this game. Boom. Uh, I don't know. That's a stretch. No, no. I actually don't think that's that much of a... Like, <laughs> for the crazy theory we're already in, like, it's not that yeah. much of a stretch. Um, if we already believe the things we've already said, which we... I'm going to say I don't, but it's fun. It all could also be just translation errors, yeah. too, so... <laughs> what would I don't want to believe? Henry Cavill as... Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It looks... Terrible! It looks so. It looks like a Halloween costume. It does. It looks like a straight up ten dollar wig you bought at Spirit Halloween store. Oh my god! It Apparently, so he's supposed to be a younger version of the character. Is it Geralt? Is that his name? Yep. Supposed to be a younger version. That's why he doesn't have like the beard and and all that. But he just there's something about it. Like there's just and I hate saying this because I don't think Henry Cavill is a bad actor, but he just I can't see him now and not think it's Superman. Yeah. So I look at that and go, it's Superman, with, but it's The Witcher. And I just it messes with my head, and it's, just, it's too much. You see Mission Impossible him. 7 or whatever that just came out, and you're like, oh, my God, it's Superman with a mustache. <laughs> yeah, basically. And while it actually wasn't as distracting, there's something about this that's just – it's so – it's it it's because he's clean-shaven and everything. And yeah. I don't know. Like, he's just – he looks too much like Superman, but with gray hair. And I, I can't also think, like, maybe if we saw him in the world – that would help Maybe, too. Yeah. But it was just a black background. Exactly. Yeah, and it's like it's, it's also just weird. He just kind of walks up and is just like looking at the camera <laughs> intensely. It's, it's strange. Not the most intense camera staring that we'll talk about in this episode, though. Foreshadowing. Oh shit! Was that the video I was supposed to watch? No, 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 no. Did I tell you to watch a video? I almost did tell you to watch a video. There was something in the notes that says video in the Insta paper. Oh, no, it was just like, the, oh, um, that was the media molecule thing. But oh, I almost yeah, told yeah, you yeah, to watch yeah. a review for The Quiet Man because the trailers for the quiet, uh, reviews oh, for The Quiet God, Man came out. Right. Oh, it's supposed to be terrible. And I got nauseous looking at the gameplay of it. Like, that's why they weren't showing gameplay at E3 because I literally was getting nauseous. Was it gameplay or new game plus gameplay with audio? No, well, there's no audio, so it's definitely just a regular game because no one wants to play it again <laughs> you'll never see audio <laughs> of new game plus um i think we got one more story here for third-party stuff and that is that titanfall 3 in star wars uh, jedi fallen order could be coming out in late 2019 it's pronounced titanfall titanfall <laughs> <laughs> with the weapons you use called titan mittens is your cat making too much noise all the time? Are your boobs making too much noise all the time? Get tit mittens. In a quarterly report from EA, uh, everyone had all of their fucking financial reports the last, like, week. Yep. Um, but EA says, quote, from Respawn, uh, there are releases that are, quote, from Respawn that are slated to launch by next holiday season. 
plural releases. Yes. Like multiple orgasms. <clears throat> plural releases. I'm like, I know they said it, but I'm really skeptical. Yeah, it must just be a fuck up. It has because to be. Respawn... So I looked, I looked this up. Um, they've 205 employees. Yeah. And they've only released two games in their entire history as a company. So they're going to double that and by next year suddenly with two massive games. Yep. One that also, they only like just barely talked about to a guy in a crowd at E3. Right. Like, it's just, Was I don't, I don't buy it. Titanfall 3 ever confirmed? I think like when they bought them, they said they were bringing them on for the future of Titanfall. So like okay. they never said like we're making Titanfall 3, but I think they basically said that when they something bought them. About, like, something made me think that they're like just delaying that indefinitely for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't think so. But we'll see. We'll see you, Dad, to Mexico. <laughs> I'll see your dad, Mexico. Chad. Hi. What did you play this week? Holden, playtime for Chad looks like this. Uh, Tom came over the other day, and mm-hmm. we played Towerfall Ascension. Have you played this game? I have not, but it's from the creator of Celeste, right? Yeah, it's from Matt Makes Games, the guy who made Celeste. What does Matt which do? Which is really cool. Uh, makes Games. Oh, okay. And it was the Ouya exclusive game that <laughs> then made its way to PlayStation 4. Um, and now Why didn't they stay on well. the rich platform of Ouya? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they broke that exclusivity agreement. But for anyone who hasn't played this game, it's fun as shit. It's so super fun. And tough. I heard it's really good. It's a single screen game. And it's just you're jumping around and you're shooting arrows. You're an archer. That's it. It's kind of like almost Bomberman style in the way that mm-hmm. it looks and you're moving on the screen. But you're jumping everywhere it's uh the like holes in the walls wrap around as well which so like if you drop down a hole in the very bottom you come out the corresponding hole in the top of the screen mm-hmm. so there's an enemy above you you could drop in a hole in the bottom and then bounce on its head and kill it yeah but um there that's a really really fun game it's one to four players it's tough there are multiple times and each match is like two and a half minutes so like very quick kind of things that you can get into a match try fail get into a match try fail it's super fun. Good party game. Uh, I've heard good things about it. I've always wanted to play it. If you have PlayStation Plus, you probably, or have had it for a few years, you probably have this for free already. It's it possible. Good. There was a period where I just, I wasn't using PlayStation that much. So I just didn't use PlayStation Plus. So I, I missed a lot. Because you're a dumb bitch. Yep. We also played Diablo 3! Why? But on PS4. Do you like Diablo? I do. I like Diablo a lot. Um, Tom and I actually played through this when it first came out on PS4 all the way through. Freaking loved it. And then he came over and I was like, ah, I kind of have a hankering to play it. It's out on Switch now, but I don't want to spend 60 bucks on that version because I already have it on PS4. So we played it there. Played the Necromancer. Feeling good as shit. Love it. And then uh, I'm going to get played... Diablo 3 next year, by the way. I just want to get past. Was that? I will. When you do, I will start a new character on Switch. Okay. You're, you're going to do you, you already bought the Switch version, right? No. No, okay. What, what did you buy recently on Switch? Did you buy something on Switch recently? Uh, Dark Souls. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then Pokemon Let's Go. Pikachu's coming out in a week and a half. Oh, yeah. That's right. I have to get that still. I got Hitman already, but I have to get Pikachu still. Yeah. I'm getting Pikachu. Um, and then I also played... I've been carrying around my three Dick Sucks. And it's a 3DS. That's a, it's a 3DS. Yeah. That's, that's what that means. Yeah. DS stands for Dick Sucks. 
For the children who don't know those terms, it means a 3DS. Yes. <laughs> and I've been playing Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D on it. Ooh, why did you start playing that, Chad? Oh, uh, because we have a thing called Barf Backlog Accomplishments with Respawn and Friends, and Holden has chosen oh. Zelda Ocarina of Time as our November game. Yes, and it's because November is the 20th anniversary of Ocarina of Time. It came out in November Ooh. 1998. So I, thought, I haven't played it in a little while. It'd be kind of fun to go back. And also, I haven't played a you know traditional 3d zelda game since since you tried to play majora's mask a long time ago no well i mean i haven't played a 3d zelda game pre breath of the wild since breath of the wild is what i'm trying to say that was a really uh difficult way to say that (laughs) it felt natural to me but i guess not (laughs) (laughs) um we so we'll be talking about that game and i'll have a little segment in our bits of barf at the end of this about ocarina of time so that'll be fun uh, I didn't play too much. I actually didn't play anything this week besides Castlevania, which we'll talk about at the end of the week. At uh, the end of the uh, episode. But I did want to share a Reddit Redemption story that I didn't share last week. Oh, yes. Hol- Shit Holden saw in Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. So this is a really, really short story. It'll take like 30 okay. seconds. I found a random cabin in the middle of the um, just the wilderness. And sometimes you can't go into cabins. They're just blocked out because maybe there's something stories going to happen in there at some point. But sometimes you just there's just nothing in there. But I yeah. could. I walked into this one, and as soon as I walked in, everything had an ominous green glow to it. Everything, and I realized it was coming from above me. And I looked up through like the like the broken roof, and yeah. noticed that there was like something shining green lights, and I couldn't quite see what it was. So I ran out, and as soon as I ran out. I noticed it was gone, and I'm like, what the hell was that? I had no idea. I couldn't quite see it. And I start seeing all of these uh, articles about how there's a UFO in Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, and nice. So there was like, I, just, I had stumbled upon this UFO, and I, it was so fast I didn't see it. But I like, knew it was there because of the light. That was a really cool moment. Cool. So cool stuff. That's all I got for yeah. Red Dead. But I will have a lot more to share about Red Dead next week. So Yeah. Can't wait to play well, Red Dead Well, hold in. Now that people know what we played, let's talk about some other shit from fucking shit and stuff. Boom. So our quest log. We're going to (laughs) start this week's quest log with the Sony chunk of info. Chunk is such a gross word, but I've said it a lot recently. (laughs) Chunk. On October 31st, Halloween spoopy. There was the first trailer for the new Medieval remake for PlayStation 4. And uh, it looks pretty fun. I think it looks really good. I love yeah. I, I mean, if you're into character platformers, 3D platformers, yeah, it looks fun. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love whenever they, like, cut PS1 footage right next to the PS4 yeah, footage. Yeah, it's a huge like, difference. Whoa, how did we ever think that looked good? Because <laughs> there was a time when we looked at that and said, oh, man, that looks awesome. But it also you then realize, oh, that's why they didn't make a 4K remaster, because it just would have been a bigger version of that. Yeah. <laughs> You so, could just see more pores and hair sticking out of the poop. <laughs> I I have this theory of why they're remaking all these classic PlayStation franchises. Mm-hmm, go. Tell me the your P- theory. PS1. Because they want to do the Nintendo thing and keep, like, bringing them back. So, like, oh, on PS5, you can play all these, like, redone versions of all your favorite classics from that era of games. And they can just kind of keep bringing it up throughout, like... All of games, basically, they can have these like better versions of those games because that generation just doesn't hold up, and they can resell them over and over and over again. Every generation of game of game All right. consoles. I'd That's be okay my with that. 
that's that's my theory. So that's why I think we're going to see more of them. And mark my words, Tomb Raider will be one of them. However many times that I've bought fucking Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. Every system. Yep. All day, every day. Sony wants to capitalize on that. Sony wants to bust a cap in that ass. Speaking of busting caps and asses, we almost had a cap being busting PT's ass. Yeah, this is a wild story. This is the second time we brought up PT on this podcast today. That's so weird. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so there was a... Um, uh, everyone freaking out for a second because someone said uh, there was a Reddit user posting a picture of a new update to PT, which if you're lucky enough, I am, mm-hmm. to still have PT downloaded on your system. <laughs> uh, there's an update that basically makes it unplayable, and everyone was freaking the fuck out, and they're saying, you can still play the game, but don't connect to the internet whenever you do. Turn off auto-downloads for updates. And then, uh, well, it turns out that Konami had a statement to IGN that says, after our investigation, we can confirm that there have been no Konami or PlayStation Network updates that would have affected or prevent access to the game. So it was all a lie. Yeah. Very PT is still safe as long as you don't delete it because you can't, ev- can't yeah. ever get it back. I just wonder why the person, I mean, besides getting attention, why the person would say this at all. But, you know, weird story. Quite honestly, I don't know how many people still have it, so. Yeah. And then feel-good news. Uh, Media Molecule, they're releasing this game, Dreams, and it's the 10th anniversary. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> that is a lie. Well, they showed off a lot of it in this, and in this little video they made, for the 10th anniversary of Little Big Planet, they recreated the opening level of Little Big Planet in the game Dreams and played it in its entirety. Not the whole game, just the first level. Yeah. And it, like, down to... Have, did you see the video? Did you watch it? No, that's what I was talking about. Like, oh, there's a link. I forgot to watch the video. God damn it. Seriously, no, like, check it out. Like, right now, check it out, seriously. Because just, it's just a visual. It looks just like Little Big Planet. It's it's actually pretty impressive how accurately they were able to recreate it using that, their engine in Dreams. You know, why should say using the built-in tool in Dreams that they that you can use when you get the game whenever it comes out to create content? You're a fucking tool. I am a tool. There's, there's no, there's no video in this article. Oh, you have to click the link in Instapaper, like of the the URL of the actual article, and then you'll be able to watch the video. For some uh, reason, Instapaper doesn't pull in videos. I don't know why they don't do that. Probably because it's called Instapaper, and you don't watch videos on paper. But still, this is the it's 2018. Get why don't it. you handwrite out all of the headlines and articles and put them in a newspaper and then read that newspaper? <laughs> why don't you just fucking do that? And then right oh, my, my God. That legit looks just like right? Little Big Planet. Oh, that makes me miss Little Big Planet. That was a good game. Was a I good never played game. Little Big Planet, actually. I, I mean, I played it, but never owned it and played through it before. Yeah, like, it looks I like had Little Big Planet version. in 4K. Yeah, it does. Little bit. It was an LBG. Yeah, LBG 4K. Not that I would be able to tell on my almost 2K phone. <laughs> All right. What's next? Oh, we got some fetch quests coming up next. One yeah. of them being... Uh, y'all fans of PUBG? Some people are still, I think, if they're not pulled away <laughs> to Blackout or Fortnite. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Fortnite is what they're playing. Actually, yeah, Blackout, yeah. In an attempt to win back more audience, it is now coming to PS4 next month, question mark, rumor? According to Kyle Sledge at Game Rant. Yeah, I think so, it's too late. I think so, too. It's too little, too late. Yep. 
Uh, I think we actually already talked about this next one. PlayStation Plus free games for November 2018. They announced them early, but here they are yeah. again. Yakuza, you, nah. <laughs> Yakuza, is it Kiwami? Yakuza Kiwami. Yakuza Kiwami. You and then freaking Bullstorm uneducated Fold white American. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I am very tired right now. Um, and then Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition. Don't really care for either of those games. Yeah, not a fan. Yeah. Although Yakuza Kiwami is apparently a remake, like a, a, mo- a modernized remake of the first one. So if you're ever interested in jumping into that franchise, now that there are 45,000 of them, it's a good place to start. <laughs> then we get into Destiny 2 topped digital console sales for September 2018. That's the same month that Spider-Man came out and broke all those records. Mm-hmm. Um, and it... Uh, apparently, sixty percent of Destiny play- two players bought the Forsaken Which expansion. Probably why it made so much money. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, happenstance, Destiny two was free on PlayStation for PlayStation Plus users that month. It was also free for not Steam. Uh, Battle. Does that users. count though? Like towards would that be like a digital sale still? Or is it- no, but I'm sure that if those users then paid the upcharge to get Forsaken. Oh yeah, yeah. So Spider Man probably still made more money overall because that package for forsaken is not as much as a full game right yeah right 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 so i'm at the pictures here for the next one but i what's the guy's name do you have that up there the pictures what are you talking about oh pictures at the bottom of the show notes gotcha yeah. uh matt piscatella from yeah MPD. so he just showed off the uh for 1995 every console is out in 1995 the top 10 games in there which is kind of cool i'm kind of going oh, through the list these are these are at 1995 what the top 10 games were at that in that year or yes so okay. from january 1995 to september um 2018 I guess oh saying. gotcha so that's not what i said yeah so this I'm, oh, I'm i'm reading it right now so from january 1995 to september 2018 the u.s top 10 games ranked on dollar sales so from those from that period then gotcha okay yeah um, but still, That's I mean, it, it matches pretty much what we were mentioning um, when we went through um, we went through the Nintendo consoles and the, the handhelds as well as the Sony consoles. It kind of matches up. Yeah, we, the stuff, ones we didn't it's talk about cool. were the Sega ones. They have the Sega Dreamcast here and the Sega Saturn. Yep, I thought that was kind of cool to see that stuff. It's just kind of cool to see like what people were playing back then. Interestingly enough, for Sega Dreamcast, spot number one is NFL 2K. Ah, uh, the acronym. The acronym. I thought NBA 2K and 2K1 were listed twice in the top 10 each, but no, it's NFL 2K and 2K1 and NBA 2K and 2K1. It's just easy to make that mistake because NFL 2K doesn't exist anymore. It mm-hmm. hasn't for a long time. That's right. I had no idea because I just don't care about sports games at all. Well, there's the, the point where EA basically monopolized all of the football stuff and Madden the, is now the only football game. The one that's interesting to me is on the Pokemon Color, you have Zelda Oracle of Ages as number 10, which means that presumably Seasons is probably like right underneath it or close. Mm-hmm. But Ages sold more. Everyone I knew got Seasons. I didn't know anyone who got Ages. I got Seasons and my brother got Ages. Yeah. I got both. But I got Ages because them. they had a kangaroo with boxing gloves. Oh, yeah. And Ricky? I was like, I want that! And then my brother's like, I'm sophisticated <laughs> and I enjoy time travel. <laughs> and big flying bears because there's that like bear guy as well i forgot his name but the the kangaroo was ricky he was great um 
It's a little trip down memory lane. So this is kind of a long time coming for people who have been wanting video content on the Switch. YouTube is apparently going to be coming to the Switch very soon. There one been step closer on one its step journey closer. to becoming an actual legit console. <laughs> it doesn't need it. Once it but gets for Netflix. people who want it, it's exciting. I'll never, even if I, I would never watch YouTube on my Switch. I would it just never won't use it be a that. real console until it has YouTube no. and Netflix. It won't be a good video game console until it does something not related <laughs> to video games. Yep, it won't be a good VR headset till I can sit there and watch Netflix in it. <laughs> that's you, that's what you sound like. Next up, Hitman Blood Money and Absolution are rated for Xbox One and PS4. I know your oh, little yeah. titties are peaked. Absolutely, because I've never played... Absolutely, Absolution. Um, I've never played Hitman Blood Money before, so I'm really excited about that. But I actually think you should try Absolution, because yeah. it is it is a... No, no, no. So everyone hates that game because it's Hitman, but with a linear story that like is pushing you down one direction. And I think you might like it for that. Baby, you light up my world like nobody else. You said one direction. Um, (laughs) I mean, I have Absolution for free through PlayStation Plus on my PS3, which is currently hooked up to my bedroom TV, but I don't turn it on ever, so Hmm. I will not buy it again, and unless you make it a barf, because you know I follow through on barfs, (laughs) I will not play it. (laughs) I have a foreshadowing in this podcast as well. Welcome to Nintendo! We've got fun and games! Did you guys know that the NES and SNES Classic consoles have surpassed 10 million consoles sold? Way more than I thought. I no, didn't no think gonna... I totally... If they would have manufactured enough, that would have hit that long ago. Yeah. Good for them. Mario Kart Tour, the mobile version of Mario Kart, is apparently on track for coming out before March 2019. Completely forgot that was a thing entirely. Totally forgot as well. Don't even... I, honestly, I don't even think I'd ever play it. I don't I don't play Mario Kart on a phone. I like Mario Kart on know. my Switch. Maybe you do. I played Super Mario Run for a good week and a half. Yeah, I but I wouldn't, I'd play Mario Kart a lot more than that, though, like on my Switch. I'd rather just play that version that I can take with me anyway. You don't know that, Holden. <laughs> it could be a fantastic Mario it, it Kart. It could be. It could offer an experience different than what you already have on Switch. It could be. You could probably buy carts for 99 cents each. <laughs> I can't wait to buy DLC carts. I also can't wait to see more 3DS games come out because Nintendo says they're going to continue to back it. So they said that they're keeping it around uh, for affordability reasons, which I think has always been your point. You've always brought that up. Um, And it's true. It's cheap, and just more games are going to keep coming out for the 3DS. There's a Black Friday bundle that gets you a Nintendo 2DS and Super Mario Maker for 80 bucks. That's a good good deal. That's a good deal. How are we gonna how are we gonna fight that? We gotta we gotta start a fire at the factory. <laughs> we gotta make um, them realize no one we, wants We do us not condone violence on this podcast, Chad. We also don't fight on this podcast. We don't you know and I, I respectfully fight? brought that up. I wasn't fighting you. We are gonna fight when Smash comes out though. We are gonna fight when Smash and comes And there out. was a Smash Direct on Thursday. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Let's talk about all the shit that was announced. There was a was lot, a, uh... and there was a lot that was so unnecessary to talk about. Oh my god! Right. So here, let's get... I'll tell you what happened in three seconds. Yeah, please do because we really don't. Three have to Three new fighters. Time DLC about. is coming. There's a whole huge mode that nobody wants, and then a cool <laughs> mode that they should have talked about that everybody wants. That's it. Yeah, 
Um, seventy six characters, seventy four characters now in total. Not Holy- counting the character that's free, but is not DLC, but is also paid DLC if you don't get it for free within a couple of months. But it doesn't count as one of the DLC characters. That's so going to be available at like a year later or something like that. Yeah, or that well, will said, be one of the DLC that, yeah, characters, free for a limited time. Yeah, yeah, they'll make that available. Um, that's Piranha Plant. Yep. Who um, are the new fighters they announced? They start with Ken, who is a shadow <laughs> fighter to. Uh, People are you. clearly thrilled about Ken. Thrilled. As soon as it ended, I put up the poll that said, what new Smash Bros. Ultimate fight are you most pumped for? And uh, Ken got 0% of the vote. Zero. Nobody <laughs> is excited for Ken. <laughs> the second fighter that they showed off, and they went into detail with him as well, is Incineroar. Yeah. Which is from Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon. What I like about his character is that after he's supposed to be like a pro wrestler is kind of the idea. He's supposed to be like the mentality of a wrestler. Right. So like when whenever he like you know takes someone down or something like that, he'll do a roar or some sort of like you know uh, some kind of pro wrestling move. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like he said, uh, it won't interfere with your animations. Like if you want to do something and cancel out of it, it won't slow you down at all. But I thought yeah. it was a really funny touch. They didn't have to add. It's like it's like taunting, but it doesn't leave you open to attack. Yeah, exactly. I like it. And then as we mentioned, Piranha Plant. They did say. That Ken and Incineroar are the final characters for the game. Yes. The base game. That is it. No more characters will be announced before the game comes out. I don't think they announced enough. I think they need more. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) So here's the thing. We forgot to talk about this last week, but you had not heard it. Did you catch up on all of the rumors that were going to be characters? Like all the crazy ass shit? There was this huge, like almost impossible to refute leak. Mm-hmm. From a person who worked at the marketing company, who's responsible for Smash Bros. marketing, and he apparently uh, no longer worked there, and on his Snapchat, snapped a couple of his friends and said, hey, fuck Nintendo, I'm done with this. And it was the the graphic where they show all the characters and all of their fighting stances and things like that together. Yeah. And in that graphic, you could see Banjo-Kazooie, you could see Isaac from Golden Sun, you could see Gino, and... There was the Grinch and Max, his dog, from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Which would have, that would have been a really funny tie-in. Well, <laughs> that movie comes out this Christmas. Yeah. That's they what I'm and then what lent more credence to the rumor is that the marketing company that's doing all the marketing for Smash Bros. also does the marketing for the new Grinch movie. So they would have access to those assets. Oh. And there was it was a huge thing. And there were a couple other characters in there as well. And it it looked like a sure thing. Like, this was a legit mm-hmm. leak, but it did not include... It included Ken, but it did not include Incineroar in that image. Interesting. And so everyone, as soon as Incineroar was announced... Because months ago, there were inside sources who had seen that Incineroar... Like, they had seen gameplay of Incineroar yeah. being tested and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it was like, either one of these two things is going to happen. Either we're going to have all of these awesome characters, plus the Grinch, mm-hmm. or we're only going to have Incineroar and Ken. <laughs> and, like, they months ago, they had said... The last two characters will be Ken and Incineroar. Like, that was leaked a couple months ago from an insider. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it turned out that all those other characters will probably show up as fucking spirits. The yep. mode that they spent 40,000 leagues under the sea on. I know that's a measure <laughs> of distance, not time. But they I should literally... drown it that far in the ocean as well. I literally, like, I wrote down, like, everything that was happening, and, like, and I was trying to keep up with all the intricacies of the, of the spirit system, and then just write, it's complicated as fuck. There's it is. Just, 
it's so overcomplicated for what kind of game this is, I feel. So it's the it's the mode where you go in and they present interesting, unique challenges to you. Like yeah. where you might have to fight a giant character. Or you I like that fight... part of it. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, that's cool. And then from that, you get the, quote, spirit of another person. Or then you have character to f- from- but so this is what I was confused on. They show this thing where you have to, like, hit the spirit and then it's like there's something spinning around it. You have to time it so you... Yes, it's so like- you're shooting at the spirit, but there's a little circle with tiny breaks in the circle, and you have to shoot through that break. But if mm-hmm. you miss and you hit the circle itself, it breaks away part of this thing, and then you have to do the challenge again. Yeah, like, that's, a- that's obnoxious. Yeah. Why is that even in there? I don't know. I, if I, like, finally beat that guy I couldn't beat and then hit the ring circling around yep. and have to do it again, like, I'd be pissed. And it's just, that's a dumb, I think it's just a dumb mechanic. I don't know why that's yep. there. But then the whole system around it is, like, there's different types of spirits. They have different skills and attributes and, you know. You yeah, can, so you unlock a spirit. It's just, like it's so Isaac from Golden Sun. Yeah. And then he adds a boost to your character. Maybe you recover mm-hmm. faster, or you jump higher, or you are just, yeah, your final you smash faster. Thing, you know, builds up or something. Yeah, exactly. And then there are three elements, and this element is good against that one, but that one's good against you this have to one. Attack a grab and shield. You have a primary spirit, and then you have three secondary spirits that boost your primary spirit, and then you can break down other spirits and lose them forever. But then that also bolsters some other ones. And it's it's so convoluted. Yeah. And you can it augments the way that the characters play, and they mention that you can fight other people with your spirits equipped, which I assume is just like a spirit spe- specific thing. It's mm-hmm. not going to be like an online or legit match, which is yeah. what everyone wants to play in this game anyway. Yeah. So I'm just kind of confused why it's there. I'm interested to go and find and fight all of the, like a lot of the challenges. That and, like, part different seems great. They could have done. But... They could have done that without the spirit stuff, and that would have been great. Yeah. But they didn't but... like a challenge mode. Yep. Um, but then there was some stuff they showed off that was really cool. The um, help menu? <laughs> I was just going to say, they showed the help menu, they showed off the language settings, which is really nice. <laughs> really, They showed how you can change the brightness for both the Switch and when it's docked on the TV, and it will remember your settings. I would just love to see Phil Schiller or Tim Cook during an Apple event being like, this is iPad is, is incredible. Let's show you the accessibility settings and some of the amazing features <laughs> that we built. To the, like they would never do that. And that's like, that's what this was. On this iPad, we've added the ability to connect to a Wi-Fi network and watch. You can even enter a password in here. <laughs> the password supports if you hit both the letters little, and numbers. Yeah. If you hit the I symbol next to the Wi-Fi name, it'll bring you to additional settings. Oh my god! Yeah. Um. So if that wasn't enough, there's also this, just this moment where it cuts back. What's what's the creator's name? I always forget his name. Uh. Uh. Fuck! I always say the wrong name. I always say it with the wrong letter, but now I've completely forgotten it. He. You have your phone in your hand. You look. You look it up. I have a notebook. I can't look up his name in the notebook. Uh, um, Yakuza the- Kiwami. <laughs> That's what's in front of me right now. So. Um, yeah, they cut to him, and he's just staring at the screen. It just, like, blinks, like, a few times. <laughs> and I'm like, what's Sakurai. happening? Sakurai, that's right, Sakurai. Um, he just blinks at the screen a few times. He goes, like, boy, I've been working on this game <laughs> oh, yeah. really hard. I'm like... I forgot about that. Like, what was up with that? That was so weird. <laughs> and it's it was, pre-recorded, too. It's not like it was exactly. live, and he, like, missed a cue or something like that. Exactly. Like, it's like they just they shot it live and, like, forgot to clip that out. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean to play us out? 
Um, but yeah, um, the DLC, let's start with the DLC stuff, which I thought was really funny how they announced it. Yeah. They literally said, like, this is the titles on the screen. They said, we're offering this pass without revealing its contents, but wait for the next screen. Only those who are confident in it should purchase its value. <laughs> or uh, confident in its value should purchase it. Um, that was hysterical to me. Like, we're not going to tell you about it, but, like, for those of you who, like, you, you know you're going to get it. Like, it's for you. Yep. That's, that was really funny to me. Like, they're so honest about that. But this yeah. seems fair, the pricing. It's five ninety nine for one fighter, one stage, and multiple songs. It's exactly what it was for yep. the Switch and, and th- not the uh, 3DS and the Wii U versions. But you don't have to do the whole, like, buying it for one system or the other or both. It's just right. buy it, which is nice. And then it's twenty four ninety nine, so you're saving five bucks for five sets if you just get the full season pass, basically, is what it is. They call yeah. it the fighter pass, but it's the season pass. That's what it is. Um, they also, uh, during that segment, they had a little tiny disclaimer across the bottom that said they plan to release them all by February 2020. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, that seems like a pretty good time frame. Yep. Um so yeah, um, I mean that's, that's basically all they announced. That'll be important stuff, at least. There were a few small stuff like um, how they do matchmaking. Is that what this blinky blinky is in the notes? Yeah. <laughs> I was looking through this earlier today. I was like, "What is blinky? Was that a typo? Blinky blinky? What did he mean to write there?" And I forgot <laughs> about it. But they did show off a pretty cool. Um, cgi trailer for their adventure mode called world of light oh yeah but uh, well, well that lasted a little too long as they it literally did. went through but it was, every it was cool, single though. character got destroyed by this beam of light like we get it they're <laughs> all kirby except destroyed. kirby except kirby and then everyone has like this evil form of themselves and kirby starts it and then there's like this big game world map that you're uncovering mm-hmm. and the fog is lifting and that's what i wish they would have spent more than two minutes showing us a trailer for yeah. And not have talked about the help menu. <laughs> or or anything about spirits. Or blinky blinky. <laughs> blinky blinky. Um, yeah, that's... It looks like a better adventure mode than they've had before. Yeah. It looks like there's actually a lot... Of, like, like, this is... Seeing this, the spirit stuff, the stuff we've already seen in the game, there is so much content in this game. It's pretty absurd. Yeah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty wondering if if adventure mode is how you're going to unlock characters. Yeah, you also start with the original eight. Yeah, there was compared to how many you get. There's a lot of characters you're going to be unlocking in this game. Yeah. I was actually really surprised by that. Seeing the starting screen. Yep. And then they show you expanding out when you unlock everybody. It was that's crazy. <laughs> that's that's yep. bananas. But yeah, I I don't, I don't think really to say about the contents. Like it was fine. It's still Smash. I'm still gonna get it. It just it was yeah over long. It was just too long. Yeah. And uh, to elaborate on the Piranha Plant, uh, you get him if you buy the game before February, I believe, of 2019. You will get him eventually as DLC. They don't have a release date for him. Oh, yet. really? If it's February, I thought it was like a pre-purchase thing. Uh, no, it's within the fir- within a couple months of okay. of release. If you buy it digitally, you automatically get it. If you buy the cartridge, you have to register the cartridge to your My Nintendo account to get I'm access to it. Buying it digitally anyway. So. I know, me too. But I'm just letting our listeners know because bitches ain't shit. They should be buying it physically. Just buy digital. It's so much more convenient. You'll think. But then you don't get the little coin from Best Buy. The what? They have a little commemorative coin for Smash Bros. If you pre-order it at Best Buy. Oh, okay, gotcha. But also digital for life, yo. I'll live. You know, I I'm moving 
temporarily to California for a few months next week. Not next week, next year in like three months. Yeah, just and next I week thought to myself, up. I thought to myself, thank God I buy everything digitally because I'm already worried about how the fuck am I going to transport right? my gaming library or, uh, you know, the shit that I want to have for five months yeah. to California. And can you imagine if I had to bring all of those fucking game discs and boxes and shit? Nope. Nope. Yeah. It's been a nightmare. A nightmare! Welcome to the future. And so, that wraps up everything until our main quest! Yeah. So... Well, I want to let you lead this conversation. Yeah, so with Election Day coming, we want to talk about... Actually, not even Election Day, but also just these news stories that popped up the past few weeks, and I was kind of just holding on to them. Um, and that's that... The conversation of should video games be commenting on current events and politics? Like, is there a place for that? Um, the COO of, of I, I at this point I don't know how to say the name because I keep messing it up on purpose to mess bad it. for business. <laughs> <laughs> is it Ubisoft or Ubisoft? Because I say Ubisoft. it both ways. It's Ubisoft. Ubiquitous okay. Software. I, I want to start saying it right now. I've the joke is is past <laughs> at this point. So Ubisoft. So the CEO of Ubisoft was basically saying that it's it's bad for business to talk about politics and video games. The quote is, it's a balance because we cannot be openly political in our games. The quote goes on. He says, it is interesting and it is a discussion that we have and it's ongoing discussion um, that we have with our users, of course, because people want to put an interpretation um, into their universe that we create and they want to see their own reality and fantasies that we give them and their stories um, that the games are. And I think what he's kind of saying is that like people have a political worldview. Like, that's their worldview. And if we're creating a worldview in this game that doesn't match with their worldview, that wouldn't be a good experience for that, that person. Right. If someone who's playing this game already has a perception of, oh my god, our country's going to shit, blah, 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 and this is terrible, and Washington, D.C. is corrupt, mm-hmm. and then someone else with the same information thinks, we're actually prospering right now. But yeah. then they paint this world as if it's corrupt and shitty, and mm-hmm. that's the real world we're living in, then they're going to alienate the people who are like, I don't understand, this is not how I view what's happening right now. Yeah, like people just don't have their noses rubbed and stuff, you know what I mean? They just want to play a game and kind of just get into it, and they don't want to... F- yeah be i don't want to say challenge is not really the right word but i, I kind of like it it's like it's like transformers like i don't go to see transformers because i want to be challenged i want to go to see transformers because i just want to like see giant robots you know fight each other like i just want something stupid like same with the marvel movies like, i just want to see big action like that's why i'm going to see that stuff and the kind of games that ubisoft makes that makes total sense why they just want to avoid that stuff how dare you how dare, how I? dare you compare transformers to marvel movies but I'm saying that kind of How movie. How dare you? <laughs> oh, but but it's different quality spectrum. But it's the same idea. Okay. Uh, trust I'll, me, I'll I'm not. I'm, that is not a statement saying how great Transformers <laughs> movies are. I you walked compl- out of the third Transformers one. Fallen Dinosaurs and compare that to Black Panther. You're a monster. Oh yeah, well, there. To be fair, though, there are Thor as well. Like that's that you like mentioned the best Marvel movie, but you should have said like if you said like Thor: Dark World, then I'd been like, oh no, that's fair. That's still better than any Transformers. It movie. is much better than any Transformers movie. But the point is that there are big budget movies that don't want to talk about politics because we're trying to reach the widest audience possible. Why would you make that divisive? And it's the right. same thing. Like these games are made with gigantic budgets. And 
to risk that by making a, a statement about Donald Trump, even though like this game will only like people be playing this game for such a long time. Maybe if it's like an online service kind of game that we have a new president at that point, like why are you talking about that kind of thing? Like it just would feel so weird and out of place. Like even Nintendo's talked about this. Like it just doesn't have a place in their kind of games. Like they make toys. Why would they, you know, I mean, toys in video game form, but like, why would they then put politics in there? It just doesn't match. Right. But I think the conversation gets interesting when you talk about something like GTA. So Dan Hauser, um, he talked about the same kind of thing. He basically said that he's glad that they're not releasing GTA 6 right now is, is the idea. The quote there is, it's really unclear what we would even do with GTA 6, let alone how upset people would get with whatever we did. Both intense liberal progression and intense conservatism are both very militant and very angry. It's scary, but it's also strange, and yet both of them seem occasionally to veer towards the absurd. It's hard to satirize for those reasons. Some of the stuff you could see is straightforwardly beyond satire. It would be out of date within two minutes. Everything is changing so fast. Yeah. How do you satirize the already ridiculous? Exactly. Exactly. Um, And I think another kind of level to that and the whole idea of the big budget games not talking about politics. I mean, what's bigger budget game than GTA? Right. I mean, that's a gigantic budget game. So, like, if we're getting to this very politically kind of divisive culture where, you know, um, the wrong thing in that game out of so much content in that game could upset someone on any on any side of the spectrum. I'm not saying it's geared in any way, but that's a dangerous move to make. And GTA always pushes that line. So like that's kind of like then I it the last GTA game kind of came out before a lot of this culture started to change in this way. It's been very fast and sudden. GTA Six would be released in that culture. We don't really know how it's going to work. We've right. already seen like a lot of press about the violence in GTA and all that stuff. I've been really. I think Dan Hauser has a good concern. Like, what's that going to look like when GTA Six comes out? That's going to be really tough for them to handle. I think they're going to do it anyway. They're not going to not release GTA Six. Yeah. The benefit to release it is still better than not releasing it. Even if they sold half as much, like, that's still really good. Yeah. But I think they're in a tougher place in that kind of thing than another developer would be, like Ubisoft or Activision or EA. Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Did I, I do it again? Yeah, you did. You did. Damn it. So that's all of the like articles and things like that, that we brought in to start the discussion. Yeah, and I just kind of incorporated my own opinions in there <laughs> during yes. that as well. Um, you asshole. No, I'm just kidding. I think <laughs> when it personally – yeah. Does politics have a place in video games, in my opinion? I think specific politics, no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And a large part of the problem is that video games take a long time to make. And as yeah. he says, mm-hmm. uh, it would be out of date within two minutes. Everything is changing so fast. So if you look at the eight years it took Red Dead Redemption to get made, if they tried to tackle any issue that was current in 2010, that's not going to make any sense to us or matter at all in 2018. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it is a waste of breath to try to tackle any kind of political issue mm-hmm. specifically even yeah. going after a president because even a president might not get reelected. i think like if somebody were like let's make a game about donald trump but it doesn't matter if yeah but there's so many people who like who do years. like donald trump for you know whatever reasons they choose you're right. now isolating those people from playing the game exactly and yeah. it might even be a non-issue four years from now anyway so yeah i think that part of it is i think the closest we came to that was the white extremist groups of Far Cry 5 
Mm-hmm. And that was so much, I think, happen like happenstance. Yeah, they did not. Yeah. They even came out ahead of, ahead of it and said, "By the way, we did. We are not preaching any kind of political message mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. We did not intend for this to kind of align with what's going on in our country right now." Part of us, you know, no, thinks, they they Man. cause these events in society <laughs> while making the game to market their game and sell it. That's it's that's the theory. Yeah. <laughs> now, what I do think has a place in video games, and what mm-hmm. I think we should be encouraging, is encouraging diversity. And broad political issues like equal rights, like uh, portraying people of color and people of other lifestyles in us mm-hmm. in ways that are accurate to real life and the average person. Um, yeah. As someone who grew up in North Carolina and my three best friends in the world all come from the mountains of North Carolina, mm-hmm. I know a lot about how the all-white Republican Christian populations of the mountains of North Carolina are and act and think – and it's partially the fault of their own, but they just they, there are no black people there. Mm-hmm. And the only exposure to black people that they get are television and movies. Yeah. And because of that, and because of, I'm sure, passed down family history and things like that, there's a lot of racism in those areas. And it's totally unfounded and ridiculous. because of lack of experience. Exactly. And yeah. that's what it is. They don't understand that black people are people. Mm-hmm. That just like your white sister or white brother, it's a person. That you're looking at, not a thing, and not this person that's a, th- a threat to you. And I think video games have a have a stronger capability of of impact there because the movie you're just kind of watching it, but with the immersion, it kind of creates more of an experience, exactly. which can, can yield more empathy, especially in VR as we get into kind of VR stuff as well. Um, so when we're when we're yeah, absolutely talking about TV shows and movies and video games, yes, we should be driving towards highlighting. Uh, minorities and people in the LGBTQ community and things like that so, so that we normalize it. So mm-hmm. people uh, like transgender, like that's, uh, we need to normalize these things in our media that we have nowadays so that people understand when they're playing a game, they're like, oh man, I really like that character. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, I didn't realize the whole time that, oh, they were a lesbian. Yeah. And yeah. they seemed like a total normal person to me. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Like Ellie in The Last of Us. I think that was incredibly yeah, well done. Absolutely. Like, yep. like the whole game, you fell in love with this girl, and you didn't mm-hmm. even realize until you played the DLC that she was a lesbian. You're like, oh. And they handled totally it so tastefully, amazing. too. It wasn't right? about her being a lesbian. It was about her love interest, which is why it yep. was so great. It's amazing. So I think that is what is essential, that we tackle those kind of issues, the yeah. broader topics, not necessarily mm-hmm. who's president right now or what senator or what yeah. issue is going on currently. Um. Because as you see, like even even nowadays, like you see senators who are a hundred percent anti-gay, gay marriage, all that kind of stuff. Especially when that was mm-hmm. a big thing, and it's not like broadly legal like it is now. Yeah. But they were all anti-gay until oh, their son comes out of the closet, or their mm-hmm. nephew, or something like that, and then yep. suddenly like oh, my son's a person, and I know he's a real person, <laughs> and he's not something out there that I yeah. should be ceiling shattered. Against. Like oh, yeah. F- suddenly now I'm going to flip my position. If they mm-hmm. had more exposure. It's all ignorance is what types. it is. Yeah. It is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And I think that when you play Spider-Man and you see Miles Morales in it and mm-hmm. like that's the kind – like he's a totally normal person as you should expect him to be. Exactly. That's yeah. – I think that's exactly where we should be headed and we mm-hmm. should encourage that more. And, and even kind of more – I think you kind of hit the nail the head too with kind of more broad concept of like not specific events. Like it would be ridiculous to, for a video game to talk about – the child separation at the border issue. Like, right, exactly. Like, 
that, like it's a really important issue, but like a game made now wouldn't come out until like you know at best twenty 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 one. Like that's like rushed for like a big game. Yep, that's like it's out of the question to be talking about at that point. Like it's just too late. But I think you can talk about like concepts, like ideologies, like things that are timeless. Like I mean, you can talk about differences in like liberal versus conservative kind of thing. Like you can talk about those kind of things thinking the game because. That's not something based on a current event that's actually happening right now. That's just a broad concept that's going to be true for a very, very long time. Right. So like that kind of stuff I'm okay with. And I think that kind of stuff we're going to see from indie developers who can take a firm stance on something in a way that a they giant corporation with thousands of people working company. on it just can't. Yep. Um, so I, I'm like, I think that I'm, I really do want to see a lot more indie developers make not necessarily politically minded but just like thought provoking and getting you to think about about concepts in a way you normally wouldn't be and not in like in a partisan way necessarily but just in like a you know look at this part of the world you might not have seen before or look at these ideas you might not have considered before and i think because you're interacting with them and playing with them it'll stick with you better most people i think are hands-on learners and i think that these refugee simulator (laughs) refugee simulator no yeah yeah um but like for real though, like if there's a really compelling game where you humanize refugees, like that would be positive for our community. No, but I mean, you think about all the mobile games where you help maintain a farm. Like, why don't you do that for like maintaining some sort of like you know poverty ridden area? Like, yeah, yeah. It's always like make my city really great, and not like take this place that's not super awesome and like give them a good economy and. <laughs> build them up and like learn how that economy builds up so you know how it happens in the real world like it doesn't really play out that way usually in the game yep but unless it's like a super realistic simulation that no one would play anyway <laughs> <laughs> but um anyway but yeah, it I always think... ends in disappointment you always <laughs> lose that game there is no winning yeah bada bing bada boom i think that's it i think that's the appropriate button to put on that bada bing yep. bada boom <laughs> yep <laughs> We're going to jump into our end game, and as it is our barf episode, it is a little bit longer end game than normal because we yes. are going to talk about Castlevania Symphony of the Night. That was our backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. Now, we've been doing a few bits of barf throughout the month where we pepper in interesting, interesting facts about it, like the fact that the backgrounds are just giant sprites instead of actually scrolling. Uh, some of the hardships with the game's development. Which are some really impressive. Like, now that I, I knew that... There's some really impressive moments, like backdrops that are. We'll talk yeah. about them when we talk about the game, but uh, we've talked about its critical reception, how it's on very high on most games of all time lists, how it sold really, really well. It was like, yeah, we've talked about it at, at length in previous episodes, but now we're just going to talk about our experience with the game. For the record, I played the PS1 Classic on my PlayStation Vita. Holden, what version did you play? Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Um, if you played it, listening at home on PSP, where it was released, or on Xbox One, or the newly remastered PS4 version, uh, it is a slightly different one. It does not have the same voice acting that, uh, the version that we played was, which is famously Amazing. Terrible. Oh, yeah, terrible, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> um, but also apparently people are... Like, they hate the new voice acting because part of the, the terrible dialogue and terrible voice acting is, is... Exactly. It's part yeah. of the charm and of that game. But, Holden, I want you to give me 
on like a thumbs down, middle of the road, or thumbs up, what are your thoughts on this game? I would say in between thumbs up and middle of the ground, but closer to thumbs up. There's okay. the, there's a the handful of things that really bugged me, but they weren't like game design things. So it wasn't like it's not like a bad choice this really is made. It's just like things just kind of happen to frustrate me in the game. Um, but there are so many amazing parts of this that fit together really well, and that's like the sprite backgrounds combined with the the music. For me, that was yeah so much the highlight of this. The music is incredible. Like, every area has its own f- unique feel and music. Underground Caverns is my favorite, but then uh, I forgot what area it was. Um, has like more of like, a guitar riff kind of sound to it. This other area is kind of more of a classical feel. It's all MIDI, so it's not like actually classical music, but like it has a different vibe from area to area from that music. That was fantastic. I feel like music is a big topic of conversation that comes up anytime we really love a game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same Maybe way. We especially our future games just based on soundtrack. But especially with with Metroidvania style games, especially I feel. Yeah, you have to create an atmosphere when you're looking at flat screen like that. I mean, it's not entirely flat with this game because you have some more 3D based backgrounds, which we'll talk about that in a second because that's actually one of my favorite parts of the game too. Um, but yeah, I think I think Metroidvania style games have to have good music in order to to really excel and be great. Like Hollow Knight's the same way. That game is just solidified by its music. The music is beautiful in every area you go to, and this is I wouldn't say this music. It doesn't strive to be, like, beautiful. It just kind of goes, okay, so, like, this is the environment we're going for. Yeah. Like, what would this feel like? Because the environment's very, a little bit more than I expected, considering it's in a castle, with all still feeling like it's a, uh, in a castle. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I really like that combination of the music and the visuals. The visuals I liked a lot because it felt kind of like if... PS1 and N64 weren't 3D consoles. They were just like next generation SNES. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's kind of how I looked at it. I'm like, oh, this is really kind of cool. Like how everything kind of has like moves and like has like a 3D like shape to it. Like your save points are like, it's like this kind of like moving Sega um, cube, which is kind of cool. The polygons and then they form into the coffin and then spin out. Exactly. Yep. Um, The coolest I thought though was that there's this chapel you go into with the sword that like the sword. Oh, yeah. And that chapel, like, you can see the, the uh, stained glass windows going off into the distance, like, way back. And as you walk across, it will change the perspective of... It's got that parallax seeing. effect. Parallax effects, exactly. Really, really cool stuff, like, there. That was really awesome. Uh, it made so many of the environments incredibly memorable to the point where I honestly didn't realize there was a map until many hours into playing the game are you serious seriously because i just i didn't have to look at a map to remember where i was yeah the places were so memorable to begin with i didn't have to like oh wait all right where was i again oh that's right there's a room up if i go this way i just kind of remembered and maybe i remembered because i wasn't looking at a map and i just almost like forcing myself in that way but i i actually hit the, the select button and i'm like oh that's where the map is like obviously that's where the map is but i just didn't i wasn't trying to look for it. it's like i was even struggling to i just didn't need it yeah yeah um that's it the parts that i was kind of frustrated by it's really it's it's really oddly specific this game is the worst at like having you jump for something and then an enemy comes out of nowhere and knocks you back and then you fall down oh but my so about the ravens was that you're talking about the fucking ravens. Yes, the ravens, but not yes. just there. So, like, you'll you'll be you're climbing up this tower. It's the bell tower, and as you're climbing up, all of a sudden, a crow will just 
or a raven will come down and hit you and then knock you down so you have to climb all the way back up the tower again. <laughs> There's yep. another one when you're um, walking. Uh, I, forgot the name, I forget the names of the areas because they only show you the name of the area like the first time you go there, I think. Yeah. Um, and I figured afterwards, but it's a place with like the the skeleton, like the, the skulls floating around, which is like my favorite enemy. Oh Those yeah, all the way in the top of the castle. When you are climbing up there and you're and you're on a platform, it'll collapse below you, so you have to you know jump to to get to safer ground. And I got there earlier than I was supposed to because eventually you can jump like crazy in the game, yeah. but I only had the double jump at this point, and I double jumped. To make it and then all of a sudden a skull came over and hit me and then i land down um in like the bottom area of, of that section and had to go all the way back to the beginning up to the top level and do it all over again it was just oh my god it was so frustrating <laughs> especially the medusa heads oh god yes the oh medusa my... heads and the gold ones that turn you to stone yes Yep. It does so much damage like it's not as bad once you level up it, but it does like 15 17 damage to you but when you I eventually, a, when we got to those parts, I yeah. eventually just misformed and then just floated all the way up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But see, I was always exploring so much. That's one thing is that that differs from Castlevania over like a Metroid is that it kind of is. I feel like Castlevania is a little bit more linear. I feel they always, they definitely always had been. Yeah. This one's not as linear one. as I've, I understand they previously were, but it right. definitely felt more linear than Metroid did. But I started treating it like Metroid, just running everywhere all over the map. So I just end up in yeah. areas I wasn't supposed to be in yet. Like when I was in the skull area, I hadn't, I didn't have like, the, like the ability to float up. I didn't have the ability to do anything besides a double jump. Like that was all I had. Yeah, I didn't have the, I didn't have the bat ability. I got to that same point really early too. Yeah. So and I and, was like, I was, I got to like the part where I could have fought Richter, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I can't make this jump. How come I can't fucking make this jump? <laughs> but you can like, make oh, it pretty far shit. without without that ability. They'll let you yeah. get there, yeah. Um, but man, like the harpies in that area was they were really hard. Like there are certain areas I feel like that were way easier than others. Yeah, mostly earlier game uh, areas, but but yeah, I mean, I really really enjoyed the game. I'm actually looking at my notes now to see if I missed anything at all. Um, so the audience knows about how much how much of it did you complete? I mean, based on what you've told me, it sounds like you played about half of it. There's like a there's like a uh, a real ending that's a fake ending, actually. And then, right. if you got certain items that I didn't have, okay, I'll just spoil it. So, like, you fight yeah, Richter I mean, Belmont at the is... end, um, at the quote unquote the end, and you can kill him. But if you got an item, is it holy glasses? Is that what they're called? Yeah. So the holy yeah. glasses, which you you basically have to play. You have to go to everything on the screen in order to get a silver ring and a gold ring. Mm -hmm. And then you wear both of those rings in the center clock tower thing. And the bottom opens up and you get to go down. You meet Maria down there and she gives you holy glasses, which let you see that he's actually being controlled by this demon. And there's a little green orb that's controlling him over him when you fight him. So then instead of killing Richter, you kill the green thing above him and free him from that control and then suddenly the war against humans and vampires, you're like, oh, no, we're not actually killing all the humans. We are helping you, and now we're all going to go defeat this other demon in this completely upside-down version of the same castle that you were in. So I never got to this ending, so I looked this up, and that's really awesome. It's, it's the inverted castle is what it's called. Yeah. And it's literally just an upside-down castle. You start in the room that you were in when you fought Richter Belmont, if I'm right. 
yeah. but it's upside down and you're basically going through the tower where top is bottom and bottom is up and that's crazy yep. that's first awesome. of all the fact that you can get through the entire game and a lot i was reading like impressions and things like that from people mm-hmm. who remember playing it when it first came out and of all the the people that played it you know most of the time you got to that ending you killed them you're like cool i thought that was the end unless like you got an issue of a magazine that told you, oh, by the way, there's a secret if you get these certain items. Or you somebody whispered it on the playground. Oh, my God, did you get these items and go into the clock room? Like, no, that's not real. You know, like all the things are like, you get Mew and Pokemon Yellow if you push the truck next to the SSN. That's not fucking true. <laughs> but, you know, the internet didn't exist back then. So a lot of people played this game getting that ending, did not knowing that there's an entire second half of the game. Number two, brilliant that the entire castle was designed, all of the levels, all of the rooms designed, and when you flip it upside down, it's still playable. Mm-hmm. Like, that is so freaking cool that they designed that entire huge castle and made it completely playable upside down as well. Awesome. Um, I fucking love this game. I played it to completion. I beat Richter, and, like, I had heard the term inverted castle before. Mm-hmm. I got to the very end, I beat Richter, and then the credits rolled, and I was like, okay, the inverted castle must come after the credits. And then it just went back to the start screen. I was like, wait a minute. I missed something. And then I went on Google, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I missed these items. I completely forgot. Did I got the bad ending. So I thought that was really cool. Blew my mind whenever I saw that the first time. But I played it, got all the way through, beat the demon at the end. You kill Dracula. Um, it's a really beautiful game. It beautiful is. visually, beautiful musically, really stupid story. Yeah, but, but that's what you expect from that yeah. that time period, those kinds of games. Mm-hmm. But what I love about the inverted castle is not only that you already know it, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but it's just upside down. You already have your bat and your mist form and wolf. Wolf was fucking worthless for me. I hated it. I accidentally kept turning it on and then it was slow. Yeah, because the, the back stupid. touchpad will activate it on the on the video. Yep. Yeah, yep. really annoying. Um, but you can now like freely explore that in any order you want. Monsters that were like tiny mini bosses throughout the regular castle are now just regular ass monsters, and they're everywhere. So the castle gets really hard, and then they also have really hard actual new bosses throughout it as okay, well. Okay, good because the bosses were not that hard in the normal castle. No. Yeah, as soon as you figure out the pattern, you're like, okay, cool. I exactly, yeah, the patterns were super obvious. But then, yeah, you get to some of the other ones. Like, there's this, there's this giant, decaying corpse hanging from uh, the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I think this is in the room, the room where you actually fight the first boss. Is the pair of guys? Like, there's the flying demon, and then there's the mm-hmm. one, the lizard one on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The room where you fight them in the original castle, in the upside down castle, it's just a ginormous, decaying body with flies flying all over it. Ew. And the, you have to just destroy the whole body. You have to kill the, like, beat the leg, beat the other leg off, beat the arm off, beat the head. But it's really, really high up. So as you get to the higher body parts, it's a lot harder to actually hit them. But every body part that you do, more giant flies keep coming. And every, like, five or so seconds, they fly at you and just keep attacking you. And across the ground, <laughs> there are slugs that poison you, which make you take double damage. So, like, that was probably the fight that I spent the most time on. Fucking... I was just like, how do you do this? And I looked at like YouTube videos of guys doing it and they had like 550 health. And I was like, I've got 520. I should be able to do this too. 
but yeah, they get they get pretty difficult as you mm-hmm. get later. Um, but yeah, I love that there's an entire second half of the game that a lot of people didn't even fucking know was there. It's really ballsy too to, to yeah to also put like it sounds like your coolest content in a part of the game that most people probably would have never seen or played. Yep, that's really ballsy, <laughs> and it paid off because people remember loved, all that stuff now. Yeah, I also loved that there are light RPG elements in it. You can mm-hmm. get different weapons that yep. have different effects. And um, you can just get some stuff randomly by killing an enemy, too. So it's, like, exciting yeah. when it happens. They like timed it well enough. You could get a good suit of armor pretty early. Yeah. Just randomly. Or you could buy it from the library guy. Mm-hmm. So if you get to the library guy... Oh, also, something else that's really cool about it. There are so many, like, little secrets. I First of all, I read through... I know Knowing Super Metroid and the experience I had with that, <laughs> the first thing I did was read through the manual. I read everything in the manual about all of the items you can pick up and how they work, about uh, the wolf form, the mist form. I, I read about all of that, knowing that they're probably not going to teach me in the game. <laughs> and I was right. Um, but then there are also other things in the game, like magic spells, mm-hmm. that you have access to from the very, very beginning of the game if you know the button combinations. Yeah. So if you so played the game before... I didn't, so I didn't look at the manual, and I just randomly hit a series of buttons, I guess, and then, like, Hellfire, or whatever it's called. Yep. I was, I'm actually my Vito next to me. I'll look this up. Um, the spells are not in the manual. You can, they're not. You can buy them from the librarian. If you go there, you yeah, can Hellfire. buy the spells one at a time, and he'll teach you how to do them. I don't remember but buying you, a spell, but I, I had the spell. I thought I just or I guess acted, if you've done it on accident, maybe. Yeah, I did it on an accident. Then but it, it was might like, show up in there. But. Yeah, here's the spell I did on accident. Up, down, diagonal, um, downwards... Um, forward, and then either square or circle after that. Yep. I happen to do that motion to get Hellfire. Um, I never used really magic, because I just... I don't like button combination, like combo stuff. Like, that's why I never, like, got a War too much, like the original um, ones, not yeah. not the current one. Um, but the combat, you even if you familiar? treat oh, it... Sorry, keep going. No, the combat, even if you treat it, like, simply and don't really look into the RPG stuff, holds up really well. Of like, It does. Like, yeah. timing, like, when you're going to jump to hit that guy who's higher up. Or, like, um, one thing I always had a little bit of a hard time doing is getting the downward swipe. Not, like, when you're leaning down and swiping your sword. But, but kind of angling it downwards. Yeah. yeah. Like, those are these frogs that were really, like, oh, hard God, to yeah. get. There was, like, the bigger toad, and that was easier, but the small frog was tough. Or even, like, the, the skulls. They would um, they would go just below where you can't get them, and that was that made it kind of hard. Yeah, but like I find like some of the angling of it was kind of difficult. But the timing and like learning how to get the timing of when to jump and hit someone when they were higher up, like all of that was kind of like Dark Souls was like really hard to pick up at first because it's it's really hard at first, I think, and then it suddenly became a lot easier as you kind of level up and get better at the game. Yeah. Like Super Metroid, there were some parts where I was frustrated by them not explaining how to do things to you. Like mm-hmm. the super high jump when you get the boots that you press yeah. down and then press up and then jump and then suddenly you just shoot mm-hmm. up in the sky. Had I got the boots and it says, people who wear these boots can jump super high. And I was like, well, fucking how do I do it? <laughs> or the fact that when you're jumping, you can do a stomping attack on people and continue jumping back up into the air. Like that was essential for the giant decaying corpse boss i was talking about like mm-hmm. i had no idea that was even a thing until i saw somebody do it in that video i was like how the fuck did he do that <laughs> it's like the wall jumping in metroid exactly yeah it's like these secret little moves that you kind of need to beat the game that they just don't mm-hmm. fucking tell you at all yeah. and then there are areas of the game like 
Did you ever get to, in the caverns down below, did you ever get to the abandoned pit where you had to have the skeleton throw the explosive barrel on the wood and then you can drop down and there's all the lava, there's the giant lava area? That's familiar. That's where you have to go to get the gold, one of the rings that you need. Okay. But to get, first of all, you have to get all the way to the end of the caverns hit this switch that then allows these barrel guys to be there. And then you have to like lure a barrel guy to this wooden bridge <laughs> enough so that he throws an explosive barrel at the bridge. And then you can drop down into this big pit that you didn't know was there. Like that, like who the fuck would have ever known to do that by themselves? There was, there was one where like, when you're at the, the sales, uh, at the, the librarian and you, you could like buy a video from him or it's called Dracula. And I'm like, well, I have a lot of money. Yeah. to buy that. And you see there's at the very beginning of this, a secret where you see Richter Belmont, hit a random brick that had a latch to have a secret like set of stairs come out of nowhere like who would have ever thought to have hit that latch yep it's there's yeah that that wasn't this game but it was like footage necessary for the game i thought what was really cool kind of jumping onto that i thought it was really cool that the game opens up with you playing the end of castlevania rondo of blood yeah yeah like that's the boss fight they powered you up a lot for it as richter Mm mm-hmm and then, in trip, typical Metroidvania style, I guess this is where that comes from, you were really powerful as Alucard for a second, and then you lose all your shit. Yep. You gotta go regain it. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be everything I had to say. It is... Yeah. I think I like it more than Super Metroid. Okay. Which Because I remember, I, when we played that one, I remember loving that, so that surprised me that I think I like this better than Super Metroid. But, I think there's uh, a lot more in this game than there was in Super Metroid. Super I agree Metroid's with that a too, much yeah. simpler experience. Not not to its detriment. I'm not, but it's definitely a simpler experience. Yeah, it's a great game. It, yeah. I think it. I legitimately think it might be on some amount of top games of all time you for me. Really need to play Hollow Knight. I've got it. I bought it. It's on my Switch. Yeah, you should play Hollow Knight because this is. Uh, if you liked this, I don't see how you couldn't. I just, you're going to like Hollow Knight yeah. if you like this I believed much. you enough that I bought it, so it's yeah. there. And I'm excited to play it eventually one day in yeah. time. Whenever I play, when you play Wolfenstein 2. Yep. <laughs> so, everyone, I would like to introduce a new segment to you. We're not going to do it tonight or even in the next few weeks, but it's called Holden's Lullaby. <laughs> and it does require your input. So, as you know, of the 11 barfs that we have had on this show... Holden has only ever finished three of these games. Yep, I have a great track record. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> so to encourage Holden to actually play and finish these games... This is my idea, by the way. Yes, yeah, so it was Holden's idea. Well, we are uh, not Chad. The implementation is Chad's idea. I let that be his choice. So we're introducing a segment called Holden's Lullaby. Yeah. Uh, and if he does not finish the game by the end of the month, then he, it is, he has to sing a song. It is always going to be a song because I know that it embarrasses him and he hates singing. So the no, to be vote, clear, do I have to sing like the iTunes preview length of the song or like the entire song? You have to, so here's here's the deal. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and release November's Lullaby. Okay. And it's up to Holden whether or not you guys actually get to hear it. For the month of November, we've already announced our barf is Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Now this one's easy because you can lie about having played it because <laughs> you've already played it a hundred times. But if Holden does not finish... Zelda Ocarina of Time by the end of the month you guys will be able to vote as to whether or not he ends one of our episodes by singing 30 seconds of So Long Farewell from The Sound of Music 
or singing 30 seconds of Genie in a Bottle. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, Holden, that's what's at stake if you don't finish. And then, of course, if you do finish, then we'll come up with two other songs for December. Uh, and you'll get to choose from those. terrifying. And that you is, have to, like, full my on commit. My hands are literally sweaty right now. <laughs> so, everyone... If you want to hear Holden sing, encourage him not to play the game, but also it makes for a good discussion, discussion if he does. Holden, let's talk about some bits of barf that you mentioned you have for Ocarina of Time. Yes. So, to introduce Ocarina of Time, I wanted to start with something to kind of keep... So, if you want to play the game along with us, you probably played Ocarina of Time many times, um, but I wanted to kind of talk about something to keep in mind while playing it again. And you have already been playing it, so this applies to you especially. Um... A lot of people say that Ocarina of Time started the current Zelda formula. Well, not the current anymore, because Breath of the Wild. But take Breath of the Wild out of the equation for a second. It started, like, the Zelda formula of collecting three things, you know, something bad happens, you get the Master Sword, then you gotta collect, you know, other things to then fight Ganon at the end. Like, that formula, right. like, that's Ocarina of Time has always been given credit for that. And I just wanted to point out, this is a very small bit of art, I just want to point out, that did not start with Ocarina of Time. It was a total misconception. Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time are actually almost identical games in their structure to a shocking degree. It's the same thing. You start off the game, you have to get the three items, you get the Master Sword, but then, uh-oh, it, you end up going to this other world. It's a dark world instead of a dark future instead. And then you have to get the seven sages in, in that world, just like you have to get the seven sages in Ocarina of Time, and then you fight Ganon at the end. It's the same structure. It started off in Link to the Past. So what do you, you know, think? You know, I've never played a Link to the Past, and you just spoiled that game for me. <laughs> oh my gosh, you get the Master Sword. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just wanted to, like, that Zelda formula did not start with Ocarina of Time. What Ocarina of Time did was Z-targeting, 3D. I think making... Um, Having stronger characters, like, that kind of started in Ocarina of Time. But none of that stuff... Oh, I think music was really a big highlight. But that was already good music in Link to the Past as well. But there was, I think, more classic songs in Ocarina of Time. Um, I just wanted to say that there. Like, if you think that Ocarina of Time invented that stuff, you should play Link to the Past. Because it's so similar. It's just, like, it's just like a 2D version of Ocarina of Time in a lot of ways. So, wanted to cool. point that out. But then, as I was thinking about this, I realized... This is actually kind of true of Breath of the Wild as well. It's very similar. If you think about it in a three-act structure, there's the kind of getting the three items before you get the Master Sword. That's the first act. Or should I say getting the three items and then like fighting those bosses. That's the first act. Like teaching you kind of the game, how the game's going to work. Uh, and then second act, you're getting the Master Sword. You're going to more challenging dungeons to kind of prove what you've learned in the first act. And then the third act is you're fighting Ganon. And Breath of the Wild follows this to a T as well, actually. You start at the Great Plateau. That's your first act. You have to go to um, four areas to get four different things. You're not getting, like, a sword in the same way you get, like, a sword in Ocarina of Time or Link to the Past. But you're getting items at random times, just like it's teaching you're going to get random items at random times in the future, in the real version of the game, in the second act of that game, when Hyrule Field opens up, when you're playing in Hyrule Field... Um, so it's like it's giving you that taste as well, just like you get early sword in um, Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past, and then you get Master Sword later on. You get Master Sword in the um, 
second act of Breath of the Wild, but just like it taught you about how it can happen at any point you, when you get weapons, and it's all kind of just based on the scenarios you're involved with. Same thing with Master Sword. It's not structured the same way. Like they're teaching you these same things at the beginning. It's just teaching you a non-linear way as opposed to a linear way like it does in the other games. And then, of course, the third act is going to Hyrule Castle and fighting Ganon like it is in every other Zelda game. So actually, like thinking about this, the Zelda formula still hasn't changed the Breath of the Wild. It just became non-linear. That's really the only difference. And I, it almost, it didn't ruin Breath of the Wild, but it actually made me appreciate the game more again. So that tangent had to go on. Are we going to have to talk about Breath of the Wild every week now? No, no, we're not going to. That should have been the <laughs> only kidding. time I, I bring it up. But when you're playing this game, think about Link to the Past. I guess not in your case, you haven't played it. But think about Link to the Past, because that game actually started the the trends before Ocarina of Time did. It's kind of like the opposite of Bits of Barf. It's like not about this game <laughs> that we're about to play. <laughs> but I just I thought it was an interesting conception that it's... Like, if you just type into Google, the Zelda formula, every, like... Reddit post and forum that I was reading, everyone attributed it to Ocarina of Time. And I thought that it was, it was worth mentioning. Kind yeah. of my take on it. Well, if that. you think about it, everyone who's probably posting on Reddit is about the age that they probably started with Ocarina of Time and might not have played Link to the Past. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm in that boat too. I played Link to the Past. Time. Yeah. I played Link to the Past only because it was available on Game Boy Advance and that's when I started playing it. I didn't play it with the initial, you know, early adopters of that game, if you will. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to kind of play this game again, actually, because I haven't played 3D Zelda since Breath of the Wild, and I'm curious how that feels. So Playing this game again, I didn't realize that it had been so long since I played it. Oh, really? The last time I played any of it was junior year of college, which was 2008. Oh my god, it's been a decade. Did you have to buy it for 3DS? Did you not have a 3DS? Uh, I bought it. Right off the bat, whenever I bought my 3DS, oh, I just never played it. Patient of ever playing, I mean, I just never played it. Okay, yeah, gotcha. So you played like the N64 version. Then. This is also the first time with the 3DS version. I think actually at the time we were playing it, the Virtual Console release. Okay, well, this it was, I'm, it. It was still the N64 I mean, I version also, of that game. I mean, yeah, and I played it on, of course, as a kid, several times on the N64. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's been a long time since I've actually beat this game. Do you want to do actually? Yeah. I've never played Master Mode. I should play Master Mode. Master Quest. Yeah, it's it's yeah, Master Quest, yeah. It's just like things inverted and But no, like the dungeons are different and everything too. Yeah. Yeah, like they, it is totally remixed. That surprises me that you've never played that. I, I know, you play yeah. Like with your wiener hanging out and like <laughs> you're hitting things with a blade of grass. Every every variation possible, yeah. That's like real life. You have a controller in your hands but your wiener's hanging out and you're just hitting your cat and dog and mom and brother and sister with That's a lot. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot. That's dark. I don't do any of that. Right. I want to be very clear. <laughs> <laughs> You've never played a game with your wiener hanging out? No, actually, I haven't. No? No, never. There was a time. Two and a half Personal years ago. Personal story. Three. Personal two, story time. Yep. One. <laughs> two and a half years ago, where I didn't have to go to work. I didn't have any obligations. My girlfriend was out of, time, out of town at the time. And my roommate was out of town. And I spent three entire days, complete throughout the entire day, <laughs> naked. And I had the realization that I have never been naked this time, this entire, like that long in my entire life. Even right out of the womb, they immediately curl you up in a blanket. Yeah. I have never been naked for three days straight. I mean, the only people who can claim to have been naked for that long are like nudists, like nudist colony right. people. Like, yeah. 
It's a rare yeah. thing. You're, you've you've done something most people haven't done before. I know. Most people, like, the average time is, like, maybe, like, four or five hours at a time. Unless they sleep naked. And then maybe it's, like, 10 to 12 that they've ever been naked before. Like, I'm thinking it's, like, you know, anything I do naked, it's, it's like, a quick thing. It's not, like... Everybody, right? like... Yeah. Yeah. It was so weird. But also... It's impossible not to masturbate when you're naked. <laughs> I mean, you're just walking around and your dick is out. Like, might as well masturbate. <laughs> Moving on to our polls. That's, of the that's week. why clothing was invented to keep us productive. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's what it's for. The chastity belt was the first form of clothing. <laughs> Um, moving on to our poll, we didn't have a traditional one-day poll, but I did put out the poll last week that I had everyone respond to. It said, should Chad keep his PlayStation Classic pre-order? Half of, more than half of people said yes. They should, I'm surprised they should keep by it. that. Uh, about 30% said no, and 14% said, JK, I already canceled it. Guess what? I canceled it. About 10 minutes after I put up that poll, I canceled <laughs> it. <laughs> Good job considering other people's opinions, Chad. Uh, yeah, I mean, that <laughs> iPad, I bought this folio for it, a pencil. That's a lot of money, man. I mean, the pencil cost more than the PlayStation Classic to begin with. I remembered Borderlands 2 and VR was a thing. I was going to have to buy that, yeah. too. But also, it's just not worth it. It's not. It's really not. It's not. Also, I'm, when I go home for Christmas, I'm pretty sure my PS... We've talked about me pooping on the toilet, playing my PS1 with the battery in the screen. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I still have that at home, and I might just bring that up here and put it on my entertainment center just mm-hmm. so it looks cool. And you can find games at a store or something like that to play on it still. If you, I if mean, you if, really if want I to still have that around, I'm sure I still have 40, 50 CDs around yeah. with games on them too, mm-hmm. including Diablo 1 for Ooh. PlayStation. All right, and that brings us into our final segment for the night, the Game on Game Show. The game and game show on our game show, where you game on our game show, and the game show on the game show. And this week, we're going to take a break. It's going to be a very quick game. We're going to take a break from uh, Would You Rather, mostly because my brain was tired. <laughs> and we're going to play a little game. Holden, remind me, you've, you've not played a lot of the Metal Gear Solid franchise, correct? Correct. I've played... What, are, what so- are the the entries that you played? I played, I want to say I played like 10 hours of Metal Gear Solid 3, but don't remember a whole lot about okay, it. Okay, perfect. Is that all I need? So this game okay. is called, this game is called Metal Gear Solid Villain? Oh. And by villain, I should write character. Metal Gear this Solid is, character. This is going to be hard still, because I barely and, remember uh, anything about it, because it was really convoluted <laughs> all over the it's place. It's mostly just... Us Actually, it wasn't too bad. And the ridiculousness of the names in this game. Really, uh, so I'm really just going to name so. maybe 10 of these. I wrote down a bunch of them, but I was like, fuck, that's a lot. So uh, we'll name 10. Some of them are real. Some of them are not real. And I just want you to guess which ones are and which All ones right. aren't. Starting with Stillman. Stillman? Stillman. I'm going to say no to that one. But it's Kojima. So I don't know. But still, no. Say no to that one. Stillman is from Metal Gear Solid 2. Wow. Former NYPD bomb disposal expert who provides write-in with tools to dispose of the bombs on the Big Shell facility. It's like the worst name, Stillman. It's like, oh, no, wait, he's getting away. No, no, he's still right there. He's he's standing still. He's right there. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have The Sparrow. The Sparrow. I think that one actually is a villain. I think I remember that. I made that one up. Okay, so cool. I'm I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up, Scott Dolph. 
I'm just going to alternate back and forth. Yes, no, because I have no idea. All these are just like, I feel like it's the first time I've heard all of these. Uh, <laughs> this is mostly just to highlight how ridiculous these names are. What was that? This is mostly just to, re- to like put out how ridiculous these names are. Okay, yes, that one's that one's definitely a character. Scott Dolph, you're right, is real. He was the Marine Corps so general in charge was. of... <laughs> he was in charge of transporting Metal Gear Ray in the tanker mission in Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, I remember that when I played Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fat Man. Yes. You're right. I think that's you know 3, isn't from. it? Nah, that is Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh, all these have been from 2, I feel like. Uh, you're right. The three that I've read have been from 2. Yeah. Uh, fat Man is the overweight, fat, bald man. Overweight and fat both appeared in the description. <laughs> overweight, fat, bald man who specializes in explosives and moves around on rollerblades. I, I want them to expound on that. He's an overweight, fat man who's obese with a very high BMI. <laughs> oh, man. If you haven't played Metal Gear Solid 2, yes, this is literally a boss who rollerblades around planting bombs everywhere. That was one thing I remember about the, the, the third game is the gameplay itself is pretty real in the sense of, like, you're just avoiding guys and then sneaking around them. And the boss battles are ridiculous, like shooting bees at you. <laughs> yep. That was that was uh, what I took away from Metal Gear Solid. How about Johnny Sasaki? That just sounds like such a great character name. Like, kudos to you if you came up with that. I'm saying yes, because that just sounds like a great character name. It is okay. a Metal Gear Solid character. All right. He, in Metal Gear Solid 1... He's a guard that you can find shitting himself in the bathroom. And then in Metal Gear Solid 4, he marries Meryl. All right. Which is a main, a main character of the series. Uh, he appears in, in many entries throughout the series. But yeah, he just started as a random guard who shit himself in his toilet in Metal Gear Solid 1. Good for him. Good for him. Next up, Karen Gillen. No. She is not. She was Nebula in Gardens of the Galaxy. She is Boom. <laughs> Good one. That was a good one. Um, I just said no because there's been a lot of yeses. I'm going to say no now. <laughs> all right. Squinting octopus. I mean, like, that's ridiculously stupid. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> oh, it is not. Okay. There is laughing octopus and screaming octopus, but no squinting octopus. Okay. There's also decoy octopus. I actually think squinting octopus is a better name than any of those. Well, with context and knowing their characters, it would make sense. I don't think so, Chad. I know more about Metal Gear than you do. You're probably true. Yep, I definitely Um, do. Let's do this one. Diamond Dog. Well, I know that foxes are a thing in the game. So if it's like in, the, in opposition to the foxes or the dogs, I don't know. Yes. We're going with yes. It is yes. But not Diamond for the reasons dog. I just said. Diamond Dog is an orphaned puppy that you find in Afghanistan in Metal so, Gear Solid 5. So there's no dog organization that's in opposition to um, Fox. You are in Metal Gear Solid 5, the Diamond Dogs. Okay, well. so I'm not wrong then. Cool. Correct. Boom. Uh, but yes, he is, he is your your helpful pal. You know, like you can have Quiet, you can have Diamond Dog, you can have yeah. the robot thing. Uh, let's do like two more. Let's do Strange Love. Strange Love. I actually am gonna say yes because Kojima is a big movie fan in Doctor Strange. Yes, yes, Doctor Strange Love. Yep. So yes, uh, it's the British AI expert and mother of Hal Emmerich. That the, that's Peace clearly project. a reference then to Doctor Strange Love. <laughs> yep. Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker is that one. Um, I lied. We're gonna do two more. Ready? Okay. Hot Cold Man. 
Hot <laughs> cold man? Hot cold man. I'm saying no because I hope not. <laughs> it absolutely is. From Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. One of the main antagonists of Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. He's a CIA member responsible for planning Operation Snake Eater. All right. His name is not Hot Cold Man. It's Hot Coldman. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> but it's just Hot Cold Man. Uh, let's do this one. Boss Fox. Yes. Mm, I made that up. Oh, because that's because there's big boss and boss, but there's no okay. That was a yep. good trick one because boss is everywhere yeah. and fox is a that's thing. That's right. That's a good trick. That's one. right. I fell for it. And then the rest of these are actual characters. I just want to go through them and just like notice how ridiculous a blade wolf <laughs> an, from Rising Revengeance, raging raven <laughs> from from the. I'll tell you about some raging court. ravens in Castlevania Symphony of the Night. <laughs> Uh, she's she's a boss from the Beauty and the Beast Corps from Metal Gear Solid 4. She has grenades and explosives. Uh, she is uh, an, like a, a parallel to Vulcan Raven, who's one of the sons of big boss villains from Metal Gear Solid 1. Liquid Snake, I'm sure you probably knew that one. Yeah, I knew that one. From Metal Gear Solid 1. There's a Solid Snake as well? Is that uh, a character? Sol- Solidus Snake. Solidus. Snake oh, Solidus from Snake. Metal Gear Solid Two, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, yes, that's real. Solidus Snake is real. Um, this is the one you thought probably when I said the Sparrow, you were probably thinking of the Sorrow. Maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe. So the Sorrow is a real villain from Metal Gear Solid Three. It's a powerful spirit medium, oh. father of the boss's child, part of the Cobra unit in Metal Gear Solid Three. See, I'm not crazy. I knew I was right. I was wrong, but I was still right. Yeah, you true, Kyle. You true. That's <laughs> it. That's it, bud. That's it. There are so some ridiculous our... names in that franchise. Right? Right? Yeah. Who came up with them besides Kojima? Probably Crazy just people. Kojima. Or Crazy probably people. just like put a bunch of animals and temperatures and Japanese names in a blender and pulled out a couple at a time. I mean, just think of all the crazy names he's going to add to the universe of Half-Life when he works in Half-Life 3. <laughs> all right, everyone. That wraps up this episode of Respawn Aim Fire, the world's most irreverent <laughs> kick-ass gaming podcast. I've decided that right now, that we deserve that superlative. We, we are, are the, the most, most irreverent. <laughs> Join us next week for some talk on some shit, and yeah. then the week after that for some talk on Pokemon Let's Go. Yeah, and Hitman. Oh, Hitman's yeah. next week, actually. Hitman's next week. Ooh. Because yeah. uh, I got it, so I'll have it on midnight, and I'll play it, and I'll be able to talk about it next week. Exciting stuff. I'm pretty sure it's next week. Yeah, it's next week for sure. All right. Yeah. Cool. Toodles. Until next week, here's our usual sign-off. I like the way you talk. <laughs>